Shalom to all. Today's daf is in Dharm Daf Lamed Ches. We are starting the fifth line, the second to last word on the line. And today's daf is sponsored Lili Nishmas, Mars, Miriam, Sarah, Bas, Yaakov, Maisha, her Neshama should have an aliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Yosef, Ben Abraham, Asher, Anshul, his Neshama should have an aliyah. Now, yesterday we spoke about Maisha Benu teaching Torah to Am Yisrael, and we continue with that. Amr Rabbi Chama, Rabbi Chanina, Loi Hashir Maisha, Elam Ipsalas and Shaluchais. Maisha Benu only became wealthy from the Psalas of the Luchais. Psalas is like the shavings or the carvings, the leftover of the Luchais. The Luchais were made out of sapphire. Maisha Benu was the one that made the second Luchais, and when he shaved them and carved them into the shape that they were, he got to keep those shavings and that made him wealthy. Shanemar says in the Pasuk, Pasal Lecha, carve for yourself, Shnei Luchas Havanim Karshanim, two Luchas out of stone, like the original ones. And what do we learn from the words Pasal Lecha, Psulasan Shalcha Yehei, they're Psalas, the shavings, the carvings, the leftovers that belongs to you. And now Rabbi Yasser Reb Chanino, Lon in Otaira El Mashul Azari, Rabbi Yasser Reb Chanino says the Tyre was only given to Mash Rabbeinu and his descendants. Really, Tyre wasn't given to Kla Yisrael. Shanemar, because the Pasuk says, Ksav Lecha, Pasal Lecha, Ma Psulasan Shalcha, just like you get to keep the psalas of the luchais afk So too, when you write the Tyra, you get to keep the Tyra as well, and you don't have to give it to Klai Yisrael. However, Moshe nag ba Tavis Ayin. Moshe was naig. He acted with Tavis Ayin with a good eye. He was generous. Unasan al Yisrael, and he gave the Tyra to Klai Yisrael. While Lachas Vaimer and about Moshe Rabbeinu the pasuk says Tav Ayin hu Yivarech v'Gaimer. One who has a good eye, one who's generous, he's going to be blessed. But now Moshe Rabbeinu Chizra Rabbeinu asks the pasuk says Va'Isi Tziv Hashem Ba'Esa Hilu Lamed Eschem. Hashem commanded me at that time to teach you. So we see that Hashem commanded Moshe Rabbeinu to teach Am Yisrael the Tyra. How could we say that the Tyra was really for Moshe Rabbeinu, and he just gave it over as a present. It was just nice of him to give it to Klai Yisrael. So the answer is no. Tziva, Hashem commanded me, meaning Hashem taught me the Tyra. It was really for me. Lochem, and I on my own decided to give it to you. Another pasuk though, it's a question. Moshe Rabbeinu told Klai Yisrael, mati eschem kasher Hashem like Hashem commanded me. Mashma that Hashem commanded him to teach Tyra to Am Yisrael. So once again, we answer no. Tziva, Hashem taught me the Tyra. Lochem, and I on my own decided to teach you. Another pasuk, which is a question. The pasuk tells us. And now you shall write for yourselves this shiro, which is referring to Parshas Azinu, and the pasuk continues Lambda as Bnei Yisrael and teach it to the Bnei Yisrael. So we see the Parshas Azinu, and we're assuming right now not just Parshas Azinu, but the entirety of the Torah is to be taught and given to Klal Yisrael. So Gemara says no, Hashira lechuda. This shiro alone, just Hazinu, is to be given to Klal Yisrael, but the rest of the Torah was just for Moshe Rabbeinu. But the Gemara continues asking, the Hemshech of the pasuk is Lamantia li Hashira Hazois leaid b'Bnei Yisrael, in order that this shiro shall be as an aid for the Bnei Yisrael. This song, Parshas Azinu, bears witness that Am Yisrael entered into a bris with Hashem and are fully aware that punishment will befall them for not keeping to it. Now that means there has to be some sort of list of rules and regulations to be kept to that aren't allowed to be broken, and that must be the rest of the Torah, because there's no list of rules and regulations in Parshas Azinu itself. So we see the entirety of the Torah was supposed to be given to Klai Yisrael. So Gemara says, you're right, El Pilpulah Alma. Really, the Torah was supposed to be given to Klai Yisrael. It's just that what was given to Moshe Rabbeinu that he was allowed to keep just for himself, that was the Pilpul, the wisdom, the understanding, a certain way of how to derive Chedushim from the Torah. That was taught to Moshe Rabbeinu alone, and he very generously shared it with Klai Yisrael. And we continue talking about Moshe Rabbeinu, Amr Rabbi he says, Hashem is not Masha his Shechina, which means Hashem doesn't give Nevuah except to a person that has all of the following. He has to be strong, wealthy, wise, and humble. And Moshe, all these are learned from Moshe Rabbeinu. Gibar, how do we know that Moshe Rabbeinu was strong? Because the Pazak says, And he spread the oil, he spread the covering on top of the Mishkan. We know that the Mishkan had a three-layered roof, which was called the Ayhel. It was three different sets of curtains that went all the way on top of the Mishkan, covered the entire thing. And Amar Meir, Moshe Rabbeinu Perisoy, Moshe Rabbeinu, he was the one that spread it out over the Mishkan. Uksev, and it says about the Mishkan, Eser Amos Oyecha Karesh V'Gaimer, that each Karesh was 10 Amos long, which means that once the crushing were stood up, they were 10 Amos tall. And it doesn't say that Moshe Rabbeinu used a ladder, so it must be that he was 10 Amos tall in order to be able to properly spread the Oyel on top of the Mishkan. Well, someone who's 10 Amos tall is for sure very strong. The Gemara says, that's not a Raya, Maybe he was very tall, but he was weak. The Gemara says, you're right, Elamin Adain Kra is really from 
the following pasuk, the pasuk says, Moshe Rabbeinu told Klai Yisrael, I was holding on to the two luchas, and I threw them from my two hands, and I broke them. But Tanya in the Brasso says, their length was six fachim, and their width was six fachim, and their thickness was three fachim. And as we said, they were made out of stone, they were made out of sapphire, and something that large is clearly very heavy, and Moshe Rabbeinu had to be very strong in order to throw them down and shatter them into pieces. So we see that Moshe Rabbeinu was strong. Ashir, how do we know he was wealthy? Like we had before, the psalas, the shavings, the carvings of the luchas, they belong to you. Chacham, how do we know he was wise? So Rav Shmuel, the Amr both of them say, there was 50 gates of wisdom of Bina that were created in the world. All that were given to Moshe Rabbeinu, minus one, he got 49. Because the Pasuk says, you made him less, by just a little, than Hashem. Hashem has 50 gates of wisdom, he had 49, so he was clearly very wise. And Anav, how do we know that he was humble? The Chasev, the Pasuk says, Anav Ma'id, he was very humble. Now, Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon says, All the Nevi'im were wealthy. Menalan, how do we know that? We have arrived from at least these four Nevi'im. Maisha, the Chasev, says in the Pasuk, I never appropriated one of your donkeys. This is what Maisha Rabbeinu told Klai Yisrael. The Gemara says, that's not a riot that he was wealthy, that he didn't take one of their donkeys, implying that he had his own. Because Ibole Agra, if you want to say that he never took anything without paying for it, is that something special for him to say about himself? Is he trying to say, I'm not like people who take without paying? Why do you have a Havamina that Moshe Rabbeinu would take something without paying for it? So that can't be what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying. So Ayla must be the Moshe Rabbeinu is saying that he never took a donkey even having paid for it, implying that he was wealthy because he had his own donkeys. The Gemara says, that's not a Maybe he was very poor. Maybe he didn't need a donkey. Maybe he walked from place to place when he needed to get from here to there. And when he needed to move houses, he just put his meager possessions on his back because he didn't have much. So who says he's wealthy? So we say, right, it's from our original understanding, now Shmuel, how do we know that Shmuel and Avi was wealthy? The Chesiv says in the Pasuk, Shmuel told Am Yisrael, Testify against me in front of Hashem and in front of his anointed one. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? I never took anything from you. Now what was Shmuel saying? If he was trying to say that I never took anything for free, is he trying to say that I'm not like somebody who takes without paying? That can't be. So Ella must be that he's trying to tell them, I never took something even paying for it, implying that Shmuel had his own donkeys, he had a lot of his own, so he didn't need to take from them. As the Gemara, similar to Moshe Rabbeinu, maybe he was very poor. Who says that Shmuel and Avi was wealthy? So the Gemara says, you're right, Al-Mehachat's from the following Pasuk. And when he returned to Ramasa, that's where his house was. Now, a simple understanding of this Pasuk is that Shmuel used to go around throughout the year visiting different towns and cities where he would judge the people, and then he would go back to Ramasa because that's where his house was. However, we have a drasha out of it. For Amar Rava, Rava says, wherever he went, that's where his house was. The way we're understanding this is Kisham Besoy, his house was in all those different places where he went, which means that he took his entire household with him. Obviously, he was very wealthy. Now, once we mentioned Moshe Rabbeinu and Shmuel, Amar Rava, Rava said, What the Pasuk says about Shmuel is greater than what was said by Moshe Rabbeinu. By Moshe Rabbeinu, it says, I never took a donkey from you. Now, the word Nosasi means I didn't appropriate it from you. I didn't take it, which is somewhat by force. What Moshe Rabbeinu is saying is that I didn't take something by force, but also pay for it. In other words, I never took anything from you. However, the emphasis by Moshe Rabbeinu is the word over here, Nasasi, appropriate something. However, by Shmuel, and they told him, meaning they responded to Shmuel, you're right, you didn't rob us, and you didn't even take anything, meaning you didn't convince us to give you something, which shows that Shmuel was on a greater level. Back to the other Nevi'im, how do we see that they were wealthy? Amos, it says in the Pasuk, Amos answered and he spoke to Amatya, he told him, I'm not a Navi, I'm not the son of a Navi. Biker right now we're understanding is a Lashon of Bakr.
Bar. It's a lashon of cattle, meaning I'm just a herdsman, and I check out sycamore trees, which means I take a look at them to see if we could cut the branches, to see if we could use them for wood or for lumber. Now, the proper way to understand this is Rav like Rav Yosef translates, I own cattle, and I have sycamores in the Shvela, which means I have a lot of money of my own. I don't need to charge people for my nevuah. And Yonah, how do we know he was wealthy? says in the and he paid for its fare and he went into it. This is when Yonah was trying to run away from Hashem, so he got on a ship bound for Tarshish, and it says that he paid the fare. Now, he paid for the fare of the entire ship. He chartered the plane and paid for the whole thing. And Amr Rabbi Rumnes, he says, the fare of the entire ship was 4,000 golden dinarim, and Yonah paid for the entire thing. Now, going back to Moshe Rabbeinu and the Torah of Amr Originally, Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Harsinai and he was learning Torah and he kept on forgetting it. Until it was given to him as a present. Shinamran says in the passage, and he gave it to Moshe Rabbeinu when he finished speaking with him. And Lashon of Vayitain is Lashon of Matana. The Torah was given to Moshe Rabbeinu as a Matana. And now moving on to brand new Mishnah, this Mishnah continues talking about what's permitted in between two people that have a nether of Isra'ana. And he can feed his wife and children, even though the fellow was chayv in the Mizanis of his children. Again, we'll set up the case that Shimon is not allowed to receive Hanaf from Ruvain. Ruvain is still allowed to feed Shimon's wife and children, even though Shimon is chayv to feed them. So that means that Shimon is technically receiving some sort of benefit when Ruvain is feeding them. The reason why it's permitted in this case is because it's an indirect benefit. It's not that Ruvain is giving Shimon food directly. He's just paying someone that Shimon would have to pay. He's feeding someone that Shimon would have to feed. And that's considered an indirect benefit, which is permitted. However, Ruvain is not allowed to feed Shimon's animal, whether it's a tummy animal or a tahar animal, meaning whether it's a kosher or non-kosher animal. Now, Rebbe Lezer says, He's allowed to feed Shimon's tummy animal, but he's not allowed to feed his kosher animal. Amrullah, so they asked him, What's the difference between a tummy and tahar animal? So Amrullah, he told them, A tahar one, it's nefesh's shemayim's, and the emphasis over here is that the guf is his. We know that we can take a kosher animal and shecht it and eat it. So Ruvian is providing a benefit for Shimon by feeding his kosher animal because now he's fattening the animal up. Now the animal has more meat on it that can be eaten. However, a tummy animal, it's nefesh and gufas for shemayim. After a tummy animal dies, it can't be eaten. So Shimon doesn't drive any benefit by Ruvain fattening up his not kosher animal. But now Amrulai, the Chalim, told him, Even a tummy one, it's nefesh is for shemayim, but the guf belongs to the owner. What does that mean, the guf belongs to the owner? Shem if he wants, he gets all the animal or the body of the animal to non-Jews, or he could feed it to his dogs. So fattened non-kosher animal is also of benefit to Shimon. So therefore, Ruvain's not allowed to feed Shimon's non-kosher animal as well. And the Gemara continues with another case, Amrav Yitzchak Bar Chanina, Amrav Huna, Hamudar Hana Mechaveroi, when there's an Isra Hana between two people, Mutar Lahasiloi Bitoi, he's allowed to marry him off his daughter. So now have Barab Zerab Zerah asked, Bemayaskinon, what are we talking about here? Elim, if you want to say, Bishanichse Avi Kala Surunal Chasan, that the Nechasim of the father of the Kala are Usser to the Chasan, which would mean that Shimon's Nechasim are Usser to Ruvain. So why in this case would it be Mutter for Ruvain to marry Shimon's daughter? Hare Masul Shivchal Shamshoi, he's giving him a Shivcha to serve him. By Shimon marrying his daughter off to Ruvain, now Ruvain, in a way, has a shivcha to serve him because now he has a wife to take care of him, and that means that Ruvain is getting benefit from Shimon. Now, right now, on this stage of the Gemara, we're assuming that we're talking about Shimon's daughter, who's a Naira or Ktana, so he has the ability to marry her off. So it can't be that that's what we're talking about. Alice of the Gemara suggests, we're talking about a case where the possessions of the Chasan are usher to the father of the Kala, which means that Shimon is not allowed to derive benefit from Ruvain. And even though Shimon is not allowed to derive benefit from Ruvain, he's still allowed to marry his daughter off to Ruvain. Now, 
right now we're understanding that the Chiddush in that is that really Shimon has to feed his daughter. And now that he's marrying his daughter off to Ruvain, he doesn't have to feed her anymore because Ruvain's feeding her. That means that technically Ruvain's giving benefit to Shimon, but still the Chiddush is that Ruvain's allowed to marry Shimon's daughter. But the Gemara continues, why would that be a Chiddush? Amru, they said something even greater than that, which is our Mishnah. Zonis Eshtevez Banov, he's allowed to feed his wife and children. Even though he's Chayv in their Mizonis. And you're telling me that he's allowed to marry his daughter? If Ruvain's allowed to feed Shimon's family, and that's when Shimon still has the Chiv to feed them, so of course Ruvain's allowed to marry Shimon's daughter and feed her. Because in that scenario, the father doesn't have the Chiv anymore to feed her. She's already married. So why is it a Chiddush to say that Ruvain's allowed to marry Shimon's daughter in this case? Sigmar goes back to the first answer. Really, we're talking about where the father of the Kala's Nechasim or Asr to the Chasan, meaning Ruvain's not derived benefit from Shimon, who Abita Bagaras, we're talking about his daughter who's a Bagaras. She's already older than a Naira. When we die, then she's getting married with her own knowledge, meaning she's consenting to this marriage to Ruvain. And the Chiddush over here is that it's not considered that Ruvain is getting benefit from Shimon's Nechasim. And Hainami Hachi, we have a rest just like this. He could marry his daughter off, who is a Bagaras, Midaita means she has to consent to it. Now, Amrab Yaakov, he tells us, Let's say someone was mad to his son for Talmud Tyro, which means he said, I am not allowed to get any benefit from my son because he wants his son to be involved in learning. And if he's allowed to get benefit from his son, that means he would do a whole bunch of things for his father and he would be involved in his Tyro. So therefore, he said, Son, I'm not allowed to get any benefit from you. Still, in such a case, his son is allowed to fill a pitcher of water up for him, and to light a candle for him. And Rav Yitzchak, Rav Yitzchak says, Let's He's even allowed to fry a small fish for him. All these things are very small and insignificant, and they don't take too much time out of learning. And the father never had a mind to ask for these small things. If a person was mad enough from his friend, Shimon's not allowed to have enough from Ruvain. Ruvain is still allowed to give him a kais shel shalom, a cup of peace. Now, my nihu, what exactly is this cup of shalom? Hachatar Gimu over here, they explained it as kais shel beis ha'avel. It's the cup of wine which is given in Avel's house. We know that an Avel sits down and he has 10 cups of wine with his suda. The Pasuk says, And this is something that Ruvain would be allowed to give to Shimon, even though Shimon is not allowed to receive benefit from Ruvain. That's because it's more of a courtesy or a service. It's not a benefit. Now, Marava Amri in Yisrael, they say, what exactly is this kais shel shalom? Kais shel beis ha-merchatz. It's the cup in the bathhouse. After they went to the bathhouse, they had to make sure to drink a cup of hot water. It was good for them. It kept them healthy, prevented them from getting sick. And this is something that Ruvain would be allowed to give to Shimon, even though Shimon's not allowed to derive benefit from him. Now, the last part of Mishnah we had said, said that when Ruvain is not allowed to give benefit to Shimon, he's not allowed to feed any of his animals, not the kosher or the non-kosher ones. According to Rebbe he's not allowed to feed the kosher ones, but he is allowed to feed the non-kosher ones. And now the Gemara says, Tanya, we have a brass, so Yeshua ish Uza Oimer. Yeshua from Uza says, Zon Ruvain is allowed to feed Shimon's non-Jewish servants and maidservants. He's not allowed to feed his animals, whether they're kosher or not. Now my time, why is it that he's allowed to feed Shimon's servants? That's because his non-Jewish servants and maidservants, or perhaps slightly easier girsa to understand is minakrusa avidon. They're there to clean and tidy and do work. And once they die, wouldn't use their body for anything. And therefore, Shimon doesn't gain by having his servants and maidservants being fattened up by Ruvain. However, behemal if tumavida, an animal is meant to be fattened up, and Shimon gains when Ruvain fattens up his animals, kosher and non-kosher. We're going to stop here for the day. Pick up tomorrow with a brand new Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.